Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, guys, welcome down to a very exciting episode 86 of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. We're here on location today. Um, we can say where we are. We can. We're at Broome Park, which is 28 minutes away from Royal St. George's, which today, in fact, one hour, five minutes ago, the very first tee shot was hit by Richard Bland from England and uh, Andy Sullivan and Mark Simonson in the first group. That's a good group. Very good group. English trio. Uh, for the 149th Open Championship, it's been missing for two years. It's back, baby. And I'm really excited. We're going today. Yes. First Championship Day. We've been to the last couple of practice days, which have been epic, which we're going to talk about. Um, and also, we really want to thank our good friends at MasterCard who have set this whole trip up. Yes. Uh, they sponsored the podcast. Thank you very much. We've got a really cool interview later on today with one of MasterCard's ambassadors, Victor Hovland, who is obviously playing in the uh, Open Championship from Norway. Um, we also, in the middle of this podcast, we have a little bit of a kind of, we're bouncing around everywhere today, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, today's podcast, as you said, it's very kindly been sponsored by MasterCard. And it's a bit of a like um, a sandwich of a podcast. Oh, nice guy. Very much on brand there with the open bean sandwich this year. We've got a bit of Rick and Guy at the start. We've got Rick and Victor Hovland towards the back end of the podcast. And sandwiched in between is a very interesting kind of 10-minute discussion you had with um, Christina Christina. from from MasterCard and Phil from the RNA. That was something that we don't talk about very often. It's something that I don't think about often enough. But it was something about sustainability that actually was really interesting. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see our water bottles here. Um, because at the Open this year, you cannot buy a plastic bottle of water, I believe. Well, two years ago at Rawport Rush, did Phil say they saved something like 135,000 bottles of water yes, being like used at the Open Championship, which is obviously great for the world, great for the environment. You don't have to depose, dispose of them. It, it, it saves so much money and it's great for the environment. So listen to that chat in the middle. Also, you have a chance, which I think is really important, for as little as £1.50 donation, you get to do two really good things. Yes. You get to one plant a tree, yes. which is great. It is cool. Like, that's a really cool thing to do, obviously, with everything going on in the world at the moment. We need to look after our planet. And number two, if you donate as little as £1.50, you get entered into a draw to win a once-in-a-lifetime trip to the 150th Open Championship next year at the home of golf, St. Andrews. My favourite place in the world, bar none. So find out in a little bit how you enter that. Right, Royal St. George's, we've been there a couple of days so far. What have you thought about the venue and who? What, what's your hot take so far? Well, So this, this podcast comes out Friday, so everyone listening will have known what happens Thursday, obviously. Yeah. We don't know yet, it's Thursday morning, so it's now 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. 
We went yes, we went Wednesday and we went Tuesday to the Open, and it was the first Open I've been to since 2018. It was 2019 when it was at um, Royal Hot Rush. Rush. I went with you a couple of weeks earlier when you did some filming there, but not the actual Open. So I've missed it. That's the first thing to say. I've missed the Open. It's my favourite major. I've said that a few times. I often wear my Open cap, uh, even when it's an Open week. I love the major. For me, it sits a little bit above the Masters. Um, but this week, I have just liked seeing people walking around a golf course, enjoying watching golf. I've also enjoyed seeing the superstars up in the flesh. We've seen John Rahm, Phil Mick, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Rory, Tommy Fleetwood, Minwoo Lee, your friend and mine, certainly yeah. your friend. Um, and one thing I did notice, actually, just, just briefly, we saw Bryson and he was on the range smacking it. We know he hits it far, but the distance and the height, to watch him from just literally 10 foot away or whatever, was unbelievable. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, we, we didn't see him out on the golf course yesterday, did we? Because no. he was supposed to be playing with uh, Mickelson, Ram, and DJ, which would have been a killer group. But it looks like DJ and, Brooke, and Bryson kind of jumped away as a practice round. A lot of the times, there's no real structure to it. Some players will play ten holes. Some will only play a handful. Some will play more than eighteen, and they just jump around. Sometimes the players on their own, like we saw Brooks kept could just out there on his own. Yeah, you know what? I really liked Brooks. So we say what we did that was go on, sorry. He's... It was just a little walkway between I can't remember the holes now. Was it something like ten and uh, twelve and thirteen yeah. or something like that? And uh naturally there's a lot of people waiting for Brooks Kepka, watching him, and he's just chilling there on his own with his caddy Ricky Elliott, and he's walking through this little pathway where the roped off areas are, where all the marshals are. And this year it's quite strict. Like players have to stay in their kind of bubble. Mm. There's no autographs. It's quite hard for, for fans to really, really get up close and personalised this year. That's just COVID. It's yeah. one of those things. But Brooks Kepka through that little walkway, I mean there must have been thirty, forty people in that little walkway. And he's he really spent time, certainly with the young fans. Yeah. So like I wouldn't say kids, but the younger fans that teenagers. were there, teenagers, taking selfies and like respectfully, he was socially distanced, but you know, a group of lads and they were taking the selfie and had Brooks in the background and he walked through this line and probably took ten pictures and I just thought, fair dues. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but that was this year it's an easy excuse for these players to just go, I can't. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. They can just they can 100%. just hide behind the regulations, the government settings, whatever it may be, what the RNA have set out. But he didn't. He spent the time to, to go through, and he was laughing, he was joking, and I heard someone say something about Bryce, and he kind of <laughs> laughed it off and stuff like that. So, yeah, big credit to that. I really enjoyed seeing that. That will make literally make people's year. Like getting a picture, of one of the best golfers in the world, a four time major winner that you can put on Instagram or just send to your family. That was a nice touch. But then he did something that. I, the most swag I've ever seen on a golf course. We saw him on holes at like 15 or whatever it was when he hit oh, the pitch. Sick. Let's, let's, let's paint the picture. He's on his own at this point. Oh, no, was no, he with he somebody else? He was with Marcel Seam. And he was about 120 yards away, Yeah, would you say? like that, yeah. You can, it might not be a bit less, a bit more, whatever. It looked about 120. He hit this approach pitch in. It landed maybe 15 foot short. Took a massive hop forward. Spam backwards, like proper checked up to like a, a foot. Foot and a half. It just when it landed in the green, you could hear yeah, the, the brakes were coming on. You could hear it screw into the surf, and like I say, it just stopped on a dime, and just it was a foot away max. So that's the first part that he did that was obviously impressive. Yeah. He then walks up to it, takes his time with his putter in his hand, <laughs> gets the ball, doesn't give it himself, doesn't just knock it in one handed, pulled it back, probably triple the distance it was. So now he pulls it back to about six and a half foot, knocks it in, 
then they did it again and knocked it in. They did it even possibly three times yeah, and I then just, just walked off. It was just ridiculous. That's when golf's too easy, isn't it? When you put the ball further away from the hole because you just know it'll go in. Yeah. No, that, like I say, for me, if there was all those people watching, and there was about 8,000 people there yesterday. It's due to felt be, busy, didn't it, though? It's due to be 30,000 today. Ridiculous. Which is going to feel much, much busier. Um, also, thanks for everyone who came up and spotted us. Yeah, well, spotted you. <laughs> we got, I got, I must admit, yesterday there was a lot of pictures being taken. So I appreciate everyone that came up. And you might have heard it on the podcast with you the other night. Uh, not many people asked for a treat. No. It, it might have been a bit put off. They might have not known what they were getting out of my pocket. But I gave out a few little treats yesterday, and I'll try and do that again today. Uh, so, if, Well, what, actually, this will be too late. I was going to say, if you do see me, but I've already gone by this point. What about the awkward one we had here when we came out of the hotel? <laughs> when um, that guy said, oh, Rick, golden guy, obviously, since the podcast, can you get a picture? So I was obviously quite pleasantly surprised. Oh, yeah, okay. So you, you obviously dead used to it. And we got a picture of this guy. And then I went to his mate, do you want one? And, oh, yeah. But I think he obviously didn't... I don't know if he knew who I was or not. So I don't I just think he did. It, so I, it felt I, a bit strange. I kind of, like, moved out the way. It's like, oh, oh it's dead awkward. I can't turn around to John with me as well. Who the hell are you, mate? <laughs> Rick's bank carrier. Get out of the way. Um, so, yeah, no, it's really good. Um, what else did we see that was interesting? Um, just the whole... Imagine if you've not been to a tour. How, how would you explain what the Open's like to somebody? Because Matt and Harry with us off camera hadn't been to a tour event before. I, they were obviously loving it, but how do you explain? There's so much going on. There's so much going on, but weirdly, you don't. And, and people will probably disagree with me here who are really hardcore, like major fans, certainly open fans. I don't really feel like you see that much actual golf. No, and that sounds really strange because you you're more in the environment. Like if you wanted just actually to watch golf, watch it on TV. Mm-hmm is probably the the better 100%. way of doing it. But what you miss on the TV is the atmosphere, what the conditions feel like. It was windy yesterday. Yeah. That was one thing that I really noticed, and a lot of people on the range, the range was packed yesterday. And I think that was down to the fact that because it was so windy, a lot of players had their launch monitors out, the GC quads, the trapmans, and they were trying to figure out, in this wind, how much is the ball being affected by the conditions? Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that I really... You, you can only feel that when you're obviously at the venue and also the things like the rough how green everywhere is because we've had a lot of rain here in england over the last few weeks and typically when an open championship is at a lynx course and there's been a dry spell sometimes the fairways are as hard as this Mm. table and and the color of this table which by the way if you're listening we're just on a brown wooden table (laughs) um not on a green lush table uh so where, like say, this time it probably looks more like a snooker table because mm. it is, it's much more green. It's very, I feel like green keeping for Lynx golf courses and opens have changed enormously over, like we've, we were watching the big screens yesterday while having some lunch. By the way, how good were those chicken dippers? Chicken dippers and chips were expensive, but phenomenal. Unbelievable. Food at the open is very good, actually. And the drink was good. Um, but the, um, th- they were showing highlights of 10 years ago at Royal St. George's when Darren Clark won and Phil Mickelson was in contention and Dustin Johnson was How in contention. How different does Dustin look then, by the way? so different. He's like a young Rick Shields pre-beard. I forgot to tell you as well, I think you were chatting to someone. He had Joe um, Tiger's caddy on the bag. Joey LaCarver? Yeah. Did he? he had he, Joey LaCarver was caddying for I, Dustin Johnson at the um, Royal St. George's. I didn't realise that. 2011. 11, I think it was. So, 11, 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago. Um, but when you see the golf course then, 
and you see it just looked more manicured. It, it was those like rings on the green of like yeah. long grass, a bit like, like disease. Weeds. No, yeah, I don't know what that was. Where the greens now certainly in open championships, they're like, sure. they're like perfect, and the fairways are much more perfect. I think there's been obviously an evolution of of greenkeeping in those ten years naturally, but also I think more inspiration from golf courses in, in the Amer- in America because mm. they're much more like that, where there's nothing out of place. Is there? The one thing I noticed massively, I said this to you already, the condition of the bunkers. Yeah. Like, the kind of face, the, the wall, if you like, on those pot bunkers. It's just, like, pristine. There's no weeds. There's nothing out of place. It's just absolutely pure. Greens are pure. Fairways are pure. Rough is disgusting. Did you see the clip? And I think you told it me, but I hadn't seen it, but I saw it last night, where they f- they are... Um, the big flamethrower. Yeah, like, flamethrowing yeah. the, fr- the faces of the bunkers. Yeah. So there's no, like, weeds or... It's madness, really. It's crazy. It's unreal. But the whole atmosphere... I mean, the, the range is one of my favourite bits. So actually watch these guys that we said, like, um, Bryson smacking it. But even just guys who you might even know the name of, because, like, again, I follow tour golf, but not where I know every single player who's playing the Open, yeah. what they look like and how good they are and stuff. So you see some guys who, obviously, oh, there's Rory, there's Dustin, whatever... And you might see a guy you've never heard of, but you watch them all strike it with irons, even wedges, drivers, and it's just it's just different. You don't see that at normal golf clubs ever. It sounds different. Yeah. Quick hot take before we get into the Mastercard and RNA chat, mm. and then obviously Victor Hovland. That's really interesting. You've got you definitely stay tuned for that. Um, we spent a little five ten minute chat with our good friend Min Woolley. Yes. So we watched him on the we tried to watch him on the golf course, but he had jumped ship. He'd gone onto the driving range. Um I managed to get get a message to him and say, Where are you? He said I'm on the range. We wandered over to the range and we were watching him for a bit and uh he was just striping it. I yeah. honestly think genuinely he was up there with one of my favourite golf swings. It's on the driving up. range. And even compared to like your best players, the sound that he hits it is epic. Yeah. I, I'm, honestly, I know we've banged on about him loads and he obviously won the Scottish Open. He is a ridiculous talent. He is going to go a long way. He's a very nice guy as well. He's so nice that he came over when you're not supposed to come over to the Riff Raff, which were us. Yeah. And he spent five minutes with us chatting about how you know amazing it was, thanking us for the support mm-hmm. that we've given him on the podcast, thanking you guys listening and watching and, and supporting him. His social media following has gone through the roof. He's feeling love everywhere. Like He's getting a lot of people out on the golf course saying, oh, well done, we heard you from the Rick Shields golf show or we heard you. We yeah. saw you on the break 75. So he's loving it. Please, 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 everyone watching, everyone listening, Mimuli is our man. Yes. Like, let's support him. Let's get really behind him and hopefully has an amazing week this week. If he cracks into, he's currently 61st in the world, I think he said. Yes. Or 62nd. If he cracks into the world top 50, doors really start to open. He gets in every, don't you say, WGC, every major. Like, that is, for, for these guys, these elite level top 50 is absolutely where it's yeah. at. So he's so close now. Decent, if, well, if he makes the cut and has a decent finish this week, I imagine that will pump him up to top 50. Name me one thing I regret. About yesterday? What no, about? just in life, at the moment. Talking about Mimuli. Um, that two months ago I didn't put an offer on oh. the table and say will you wear Rick Shields hat Rick Shields head cover Rick Shields apparel for this fee I think Hugo Boss might have just outbid <laughs> you though for two years imagine I should get not betting on him every week I bet on him now for this weekend just because I feel like I have to yeah 
we, we spoke to the guy from Callaway, Owen, yeah. who said after that video we filmed, he thought, right, I'm going to bet on Manuli every week now. I've seen him in the flesh so many times. He's, he's an awesome golfer. He's going to win again soon. So I think the first three weeks he was betting on him, and then it just kind of forgot, and now he obviously won the Scottish Open. He would have won a fortune. So um, Manuli, I think, is going to have a great chance after winning the Scottish Open, full of confidence. He's playing with Sam Horsfield today, which is another friend of the channel, which hopefully we're going to do some videos with soon. Um, for me, we're going to have one pick each, and then we're going to get into the into the chit chat. Did you say last, in the last episode who you're going to win? Who you think's going to win? Or do you I, not I say? genuinely think Ram's Ram. going to win. I think I did say that in last week's episode. So even though weirdly I've not put a bet on him because I think his odds are too short, I just think Ram. If I was to put my, money where my mouth is, even though okay. I'm not betting on him, John Ram, I think it's going to win the Open. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Dustin. Dustin Johnson. It's a bit safe. Then. I'd love Minouli, who I obviously want to win. I've backed him as well. But I do think Dustin. Now, you guys have watched round one, so you might know we're miles off the mark, where both players might miss the cut. But either way, that's our picks right now. Right, let's talk something really important mm-hmm. here on the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, which we should be responsible about, and everybody in the world should be responsible for. We've got to look after our planet. It's the only one we've got. So we sit down with Christina and um, Phil from the RNA. And really insightful, and again, a chance to win tickets to the 150th Open Championship. Big one. So down here at the Open, which I'm really excited about, Royal St. George's, and I'm joined here by Christina and Phil. In 30 seconds, Christina, explain who you are and what you do. I'm Christina Cloverdance, and I'm the Chief Sustainability Officer for MasterCard. That's nice and simple, Phil. So, uh, Philip Russell, Assistant Director of Sustainability at the RNA, uh, and focused primarily on the impact and legacy of staging the Open. Perfect. So, I've been now here at the Open today, and I've noticed around everywhere these water stations, which are fantastic, you know, use of space, great for spectators, you know, it's free to use, you can use the, you can buy a water bottle, um, and you can donate as well. But I want to find out a little bit more about where that came from, where it started, and, and the impact that's going to have in the future as well. Who wants to pick that up? So, <laughs> yeah, so if I give a bit of the background. So as the organiser of the event, uh, ourselves at the RNA, we're very committed to sustainability and looking at, in particular, the, the environmental impact of staging the championship. And we knew, of course, in the last years, single-use plastic has been one of the big areas of focus globally. And historically, we were using, we were reliant on single-use plastic water bottles on site, and we were getting through quite a lot of them, as you can imagine, for this size. So we said, okay, we need to change that. Um, We need to get rid of those, and we need to do something different. Um, And we wanted to move to a refill solution. Um, So we worked with a a Swedish company called Blue Water, a world leader in water purification technologies and stainless steel drinking bottles. And we bought in for the first time in Port Rush, so the 148th Open back in 2019, yeah. water stations across the venue giving free, chilled, purified drinking water. Nice. Asked people to bring their own bottles to site, free drinking water all day, or if wow. you wanted to, a stainless steel one, commemorative edition on site. Have you got a stat to hand how many litres of water were drank in those stations? So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a good one we've got. So in 2019 we enabled the removal of 123,000 single-use plastic water bottles oh via the project. God, that's crazy. So a big change, a big wow. change. And then for us, we're delighted this year to step that project up a level yeah. and to collaborate with one of our official patrons for the Open MasterCard. And this is where you come into play. And this is, and this is where I come into play. And so if you think about MasterCard, um, we're a payments company, a technology company, and um, we, for a long time, since 
the beginning and in our DNA has been how we can use our business. Um, and we've been focused on financial inclusion and bringing 500 million people into the formal economy. We did that last year. We doubled down and committed to 500 more, so a billion people. Um, wow. As you do that, we also know that um, growth cannot come at the expense of the planet. And so MasterCard has a reach of nearly 3 billion cardholders. And our thought as a company, um, our own environmental footprint isn't that, ex- isn't that significant, but we have a role to play in how we can shift consumer consumption and behavior. And so, therefore, a partnership that we have, um, like the RNA and MasterCard, we can bring together our two brands, um, uh, the network that we have. Um, and for MasterCard, it... Um, it fits so well with last year we announced a Priceless Planet Coalition and a commitment to plant 100 million trees around the world in five years. And if you think about the game of golf and you think about the Open as you've been here um, and you're here and it's so critical and it's so evident all around you of nature, um, you've got water and you've got trees. And what we'll tell you about today is um, how we're actually marrying together the two of those um, to drive the benefit. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I'm really intrigued of. I mean, you're building more trees for golfers to hit, right? Because I, <laughs> I've well, hit a lot of trees in my not, time. We're not planting them on golf courses. Exactly, exactly. Where? So let me tell you where. Yeah. Go on. So if you think about it, um, the Priceless Planet Coalition, and we now have 60 partners um, that are with us um, in this effort because this is bigger than any one of us. Um, we're looking to plant where um, it can have the greatest impact to the environment. And initially, we're starting with projects in um, in Brazil and in Kenya and in Australia. And so um, the contributions are going towards the planting there. Um, But to get to 100 million trees, that's going to grow. And there are going to be many more um, projects that are going to benefit from it as well. And are you you simply aiming for 20 million each year? Because it's a five-year plan, right? It's a five-year plan. And um, so I would love to... um, to outdo that twenty million um, yeah. each year because it's there's no limit at a hundred million. Um, but what we want to do is we want to engage consumers. Yeah. And um, so I'll let Phil talk for a second about how um, you cannot buy a plastic water bottle here. Um, and so if you'll talk a bit about how the kind of the one for one transaction works. Yeah, so we, in essence, we said we achieved something fantastic in 2019. We took away all those single-use plastic water bottles, and people loved it. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a big uh, systemic change for a major event Huge. to do that. Big change. And we thought, okay, well, how can we now build it further? How can we make it better? We were very aware, you know, around the world now, we're all focused on tackling climate change. We need to restore our forests. They play an integral part in our climate system. So when MasterCard came and said, well, we have this, Priceless Planet Coalition program, which is restoring tree cover in Earth's most vulnerable geographies. We thought there's a great connection to make here. So we said, well, water's going to stay for free on site at the open. You, no one pays for drinking water. That's free, purified, chilled drinking water. But what if we give people the opportunity every time they take a drink from those refill stations to plant a tree? So Amazing. on the stations around the venue, you'll see we've got tap and donate, each one's set up for £1.50. That's all it costs to plant a tree in one of the PPC projects. Brilliant. And it's at the it's at the user's discretion. If you'd like to plant a tree every time you take a drink, one tap of contactless card and it's done. That's amazing. And linked with that, we said, okay, well, we're going to be selling these bottles on site. So for every refillable bottle sold on site, we'll make a contribution to Priceless Planet Coalition. So in coming to the open, in enjoying water, in helping end the reliance on single-use plastic water bottles you're also helping to restore global tree cover. 
It's win-win, right? It's it's a win-win, um, and this is this is the beginning. Um, it becomes shifting this norm, and once you do this, um, you know here that becomes just a normal expectation, and um, we then can build off of that. And um, as we as consumers become more aware, um, as they become more educated, then they even start to demand more, um, and that's the cycle of this journey that we feel we are, um, you know, beginning. Amazing. Now, people who aren't here at the Open this week obviously want to get involved. Listeners who are listening to the show from around the world, we have a massive, huge following everywhere in every four corners of the world. How can they get involved in such a fantastic project? So we set this up and we knew that, you know, on-site is going to be at the face of this, you know, using the water stations, enjoying that free purified drinking water, buying a refillable bottle to take home. But we also said, look, we want this to be, um, this one to reach to everyone. Yeah. So online, you only need to go to theopen.com forward slash MasterCard. Which I'll put a link in the description of this podcast okay. and for the video okay. as well. Good. Fantastic. And on there, you can make a donation directly into this program. So this is something everyone can get involved with. We've got the campaign on, set, uh, on site. Everyone plays a part. Yeah. And we think this is a great thing for everyone to support, help do their bit. And together we can work to improve uh, forests around the world and there's a huge initiative right if you donate online because uh, isn't there tickets for the most possibly one of the most famous open championships ever next year the 150th open incentive at St. is always is always good right yeah it is so there is there is indeed a competition up to win some tickets to the 150th open um, maybe as a little added uh, added boost for people to come and get involved in this. So you have to donate as as you can donate as obviously as much as you want, but you can donate donate as little as one pound fifty to be entered into the draw to potentially be at next year's Open at St Andrews. Correct. That's a pretty good initiative. Yeah. And I might say Mastercard are matching every donation as well. That's correct. That's correct because it's um, the more we can plant, um, the greater the impact. We know that trees um, are a an incredible way to. Address climate change. And the one thing I'll say is that um, by contributing and donating as part of Priceless Planet Coalition, what we're focused on is more than just planting a tree. Yeah. To put a seed in the ground and to walk away um, is not what we're after. We're actually, what Phil said, is regrowing trees. And so it is really um, about doing it the right way. Um, it's about science um, and doing it in a way that's going to have the greatest impact. And so Amazing. by participating and being a part of Process Planet Coalition, we um, encourage you to, to join us and be part of the movement in making a real difference. We know that um, events like this, um, and especially when you're here, it's touching the passions of um, of uh, spectators that are here and around the world. And when you can connect that, that passion with also caring and a way to um, contribute, we feel like it's a real win. Well, I think what you're doing is amazing. I will definitely be donating. Christina, amazing. Phil, superb. Have a great tournament. It's great to see that, that you're doing things that are for the, for the world and start it here at the Open Championship with MasterCard and the RNA. I think it's fantastic. So thanks for your time. Thanks for educating and teaching everyone, listening, and hopefully you all donate and get involved and uh, have a great Open Championship, everybody. Enjoy thanks, it. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. So that was good. That was interesting. I was set off camera for that bit, and I must admit, I got a lot more engrossed into that conversation than possibly I thought I would do from telling the truth. Yeah, I think it's one of those topics that I know me, me growing up and probably you're the same. Like, I didn't massively overthink plastic no. use, um, but now 
it's so much more prevalent like we have to be conscious about mm. it i teach my kids that they've got to recycle i recycle a lot more i feel guilty if i didn't recycle and i think things like this the little initiatives that can be done here like these water bottles that you can buy at the open um and, and use the filling stations where it's free to use the water is ridiculously purified and it's weird because normally I can't massively tell the difference in tasting water between tap water, <laughs> bottle water, whatever. This water is clean. It's so pure. if you're here at the Open this week, definitely take advantage of that. Uh, but if not, just in life, just be more conscious about what you're doing with your plastic use. Um, and the big thing, again, out of that story is that you can also, we can plant trees. We can look, work with MasterCard and the RNA to, to help plant more trees around the world for as little as £1.50 donation. They're going to match the um, contribution as well. You've got a few T's and yeah, C's just you just want to cover. You've covered most of it there and most of it was in the little clip. Just just to cover Carver Owl back some MasterCard just for this competition bit. Um, you have a chance to win um, a trip to the 150th Open next year. Uh, if you visit theopen.com forward slash MasterCard, you can make a donation to Conservation International and further the mission uh, of the Priceless Planets Coalition by dono- donating, I can't even say the word donating, by donating just pound fifty, you can plant one tree and enter to win the trip to the 150th at St Andrews. This is the big one. The prize includes a three-night stay for you and a guest and hospitality tickets, a total of £15,000. Wow. Flights as well, was that? Yeah. And as you said, in addition, MasterCard will match your donation. So I'll put a link in the description of the video. I'll put a link in the description of the podcast. Come on, Rick Shields Golf Show. Let's get behind this. I want one of our listeners to win that trip. Imagine that. So don't know as much as you can, whatever you're comfortable with, but as little as £1.50, you get entered into a draw, and let's have somebody listening to this podcast or watching the video win a trip to the best major in golf at the home of golf next year. feels quite fitting talking about planting trees when outside this window there's loads of nice trees. Very nice. In the chalet. Right, so then I got an opportunity to sit down with one of the best players in the world, currently 14th in the world. He's only been on tour for two years, Victor Hovland from Norway. We spoke about him recently because he won the BMW in Germany. Um, Really cool kid, really cool kid. I'm just going to put it out there on this clip. Uh, It was over Zoom. It wasn't done in person, unfortunately. I'd have loved to have done it in person, but because, again, the player bubble is so strict this year. Couldn't do that, unfortunately. So he's on Zoom. There's a couple of times throughout the video where, like, the internet slightly uh, drops off through the audio, shall I say, where the video just slightly drops off. But, listen, it's not... You can still listen to it. So sit back, relax, and I get sit down with one of the best players in the world. Well, Victor Hovland, thanks so much for joining us on the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thanks, Rick. Good to be with you. Um, I'm excited because I get to chat to you ahead of the 149th Open Championship, which is at Royal St. George's this year. You mentioned you're down there currently and you had a couple of practice rounds. Kind of give us a bit of an insight inside the ropes to what it's like to prepare for one of the biggest golf tournaments in the world. Yeah, so this is, uh, interestingly enough, this is going to be my first time playing uh, the British Open. Um, I've had uh, a few good chances in the past playing amateur, amateur tournaments. Um, I lost in a seven hole playoff, uh, the European amateur, uh, a few years back and the next year I uh, missed out on the final open qualifier, uh, by shot. And, uh, I was supposed to play last year or after winning the US amateur, I was qualified, but then I turned pro and, uh, wasn't able to play that year. Then last year, obviously, it got canceled. So uh, this would be a long time coming, I feel like. Um, but I've played Royal St. George's before. I played a British Amateur here. Uh, I believe that was in 2017. So I know the course already, but since I haven't played the last couple of weeks, I was back home in Norway just having a holiday, basically, uh, playing here and there. Um, so I decided to come Saturday morning, and I was able to play 18 holes then. And uh, I played probably 13 holes yesterday um, and uh, just been practicing a little bit and just going to take it kind of um, maybe a little easier the next couple of days just to kind of get ready for, for Thursday. Nice. And obviously with you playing the majority of your golf on the PGA Tour, which is very, very different golf to what, what we see over here, certainly for the Open. Uh, how are you getting your game fine-tuned for Lynx golf particularly? And Listen, I've, n- I've actually never been to Norway, so I apologize. Mm. What are, are, there, are any golf courses in Norway similar to what you get at Royal St. George's? Yeah, not really that I can think of. We don't have anything that, um, you know, looks the same or plays the same. Um, we have some coastal golf courses, but they're never as firm as the, as the Lynx course. Um we do have wind, so that's that's one factor. And obviously, uh, living in Oklahoma and in, in the states, it's it gets really windy. So I don't think the wind is is going to be the uh, the tough part. But as of right now, the the course has had a lot of rain the last you know few days, few weeks. So 
it's it's not soft, but it's pretty lush. Uh, the ball still rolls out, uh, but everything is green, so it, it doesn't play as maybe as linksy as as it normally does, which I think makes the adjustment a lot easier because it you know the balls are still stopping where it's kind of landing or it does it's not rolling out as much but i think it's once it dries out um i I think you're gonna see a lot more of the golf course that you weren't that you didn't know was in play if that makes sense you know the 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 ball is just going to end up in places you you weren't expecting it to so um that's just one thing to to watch out for as the as the course kind of dries up and and gets firmer does that make the rough much more lush as well you mentioned everywhere's greener does that mean that the rough is thicker and juicier this year it, it it's looking pretty good in spots um <laughs> i would say it's pretty consistent though for the most part it's not like you have one side that's kind of bare and the other side is just super thick they're usually the same kind of thickness on each sides um and especially with kind of the the wet layer around uh the grass just makes it even tougher to get out of the grass so it's uh it's it's going to be uh essential to be in the fairway so obviously you have had an incredible start to your professional journey because you are 23 years old currently right yep you've had three professional wins you're 14th in the world ranking right now i mean is this everything you envisioned and more or like just just try and set the scene because am i right in saying you turned pro two years ago yep so in that time you've absolutely crushed it it's been uh it's been quite a journey so far um uh, pretty crazy and i think about it sometimes how you know let's say i stayed another year in school and then the pandemic hit I technically could have been in school until right up to this point. Wow. Uh, so I basically would have turned pro right now, um, which which I would have been in a in a very different spot uh, if that were the case. So I'm I'm lucky that you know I played the golf that I did at the right time, and and it it kind of ended up being the way that it is now but at the same time i've worked really hard and i believe that i could do it um but as well we all know we're we're capable of things but for it to actually happen is is another one so um it's uh yeah it's a cool too it feels like it's gone by really fast um but uh i look forward to keep pushing and and uh, winning some more golf tournaments Exactly, exactly. I mean, life on tour, is it how you expected it to be? Does it, is it, give, give the listeners a bit of an insight to, to your kind of your rookie season and this obvious season that you're in now. Like, what is life on tour like? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty lonely at times, uh, especially as a rookie. When I first came out, um, I played on a couple of semester's exemptions, um, you know, and I'm 21 years old and, uh, I don't know anyone in the field. Uh, I just hired a new caddy, so I don't really know who the caddy is either. You know, you're just kind of learning the ropes and, and trying, um, and obviously 
it's challenging on the golf course, but then as well off the golf course, you're used to just going with your college teammates and, and you have dinner, you have a team meeting with the coaches and, and um, you know, I would share a room with a teammate and you're just constantly around people all the time. And then suddenly you finish your round and, and um, yeah, there's no one there to tell you what to do. Um, so that's, that was a big learning process for me. Cause I kind of had to take ownership of everything that I do. Uh, not that that was really a problem because you do do that in college, you know, you figure out what you and all that stuff, but it's, it's different when you're, when there's, when you don't even have the option to, to kind of listen to other people as well. So it's, uh, that was a learning process, but I think I, my personality works really well, uh, when I'm by myself a decent amount, but at the same time, I'm out, I'm out on the golf course and I'm around people a lot too, and, and talking and, and being social, but I, I really like the kind of, I've gotten used to the, the balance of that, of, you know, having a couple hours to myself at night. And then when I'm out of the golf course or go to dinner with other people, it's, uh, you know, being social. So I, I, I'm used to, used to that life <laughs> at this point. We had, um, we had Ming Wu Lee on the podcast a few months ago who just won at okay. Scottish, Scottish Open. Yeah. Uh, he's a young lad like you, loving life out on tour. And he's, he says when he goes back to his room at night, he's constantly on his, like, his Xbox or whatever it was, a PlayStation. Are you, are you into gaming as well? I used to, but this is like back in, back in high school. Um, I, I don't really play any video games anymore. Um, honestly, like I'm so tired at night, uh, after a long day that it, it almost like feels like work to turn on the Xbox or, or, you know, start playing video games. So, uh, I put a lot of time and uh, I just sit there on my phone or my computer watching YouTube or a show or, or FaceTime and a couple of buddies. It's, uh, it's pretty simple, but I have my kind of unique interests that I, uh, that I like to waste time on, uh, at, in the, at the nights. Give me, go on then, seeing that I'm in the world of YouTube, give me some YouTubers you, you watch. I'm guessing outside of golf, who do you, who do you kind of watch? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's this guy, uh, he talks about, um, essentially, like it's fitness, but he talks a lot about like pharmacology as well and just physiology. So it's just like, you know, he talks about drugs essentially. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I do not take them just to clarify that. But I think it's really interesting just how, you know, you can, and obviously in a non, uh, uh, in a, in a natural way too, just kind of optimize your body um his name is or his uh youtube name is like uh more plates for more dates which is uh it's a it's like a funny name and but he's he's pretty smart uh you should check him out <laughs> um other than that i i've really gotten into watches so i watch a couple of uh watch channels um there's one guy named roman sharp that i like to watch um and what else we got um uh, um, yeah, and then I watch a lot of, um, just, uh, so I listen to music a lot and I listen to some pretty hard, uh, metal stuff and there's some people kind of, you know, they just like talk about new, uh, 
new songs that are coming out. And I like to try to keep up to date and, and listen to the new songs and, and even watch people react to the new songs. So it's, uh, yeah, you can just tell that I, I like to waste a lot of time online. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we've just learned a lot about you in that one question. <laughs> yeah. Heavy metal. Wow. After a nice relaxing golf day on a golf course, you listen to heavy, heavy metal. That's crazy. You got, you got to get that, uh, got to get that, that energy out at the end of the day, you know? That's true. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be one of your neighbors in the hotel then. You'd be, <laughs> you'd be rocking all night. I so, got, I got my headphones on. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, obviously coming from Norway, you, you have kind of really shone a beacon on, on Norwegian golf. And I'm guessing when you go back home that you must be held in such high regard. I mean, you must be, they, they must be build a statue of you very soon, Victor. Like, what's it like when you do go home? Uh, well, I, I thought it was not going to be crazy at all. Uh, that was kind of what I was hoping for, to be honest with you. But uh, I went back home the last couple of weeks, and I was going to play around a golf with a couple of my mates. And there's this online booking system that you basically book rounds uh, through, um, which I don't know how common is in the rest of Europe, but in the United States, you, I mean, you basically just go out and, and play or you call the pro shop, whatever. Um, but some of my buddies, they just put my name in the system and I didn't really think any people would, would check it. Um, and I played a, car, a course that was an hour and a half away from where I live, which to the first tee, there's like 200 people there. So we ended up in, in front of a couple hundred people. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, just a, a fun little uh, round turned out to be almost like a, an exhibition game. So we learned quickly after that day, we should probably just kind of block a tee time or, uh, you know, just show up to the golf course and, and, uh, and play. So we were able to just sneak out other places the next couple of days, but it was, uh, it was pretty wild. I did not think it was, uh, it was going to be anything like that. And I bet for you, I mean, a couple of hundred people is nothing, right? But I bet, I bet to the guys you were playing with, I bet they were, <laughs> they were terrified, weren't they? Yeah, now there were the guys that I play with. They're they're good players. Two of them were were pros, so I guess they're maybe used to playing in that in front of that many people. But you know, they're they're good golfers. Uh, but I almost felt worse for the group in front that teed off uh, in front of us. They were uh, they were pretty nervous, but they actually striped their their two tee shots and and uh, they got a standing ovation. So they were pretty pumped. <laughs> so, that is so funny. That's crazy. Um, so with with a, a, you've had this full season now on tour, and you've had fans back, and obviously the, the I bet the atmosphere now when you play in front of big crowds when you're on the PJ tour, like you've almost seen that in a really weird way because obviously kind of. 2019 you would have seen it a little bit 2020 you wouldn't have seen it at all pretty much and 2021 it's coming back again but it's been is that been is that been a nice learning curve for you where you've been able to get used to playing in front of crowds or were you happy to do it straight away from off the bat yeah it's a little bit different um because in 19 i was able to to play as an amateur in the masters and the u.s open um and obviously those crowds are are huge um I wasn't in contention, but I, I did get to, you know, experience the 
the Sunday crowds and, you know, if you make a putt, make a birdie, you know, uh, here, here in the roars and, and all that. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and obviously being in college, you don't get to get to play in front of that many people. Um, but, uh, so, so when kind of the pandemic happened and we weren't able to play in front of people for quite a while, it wasn't, it was weird, but it wasn't the biggest shock to me. It just felt like you were just out there playing a college tournament, you know? Yeah. So for me, that was, that was not that is that uh, unusual compared to, um, you know, the bigger names. Um, but then when we started to have people back again, it, it just, you kind of realized how much you, you missed playing in front of people and, um, you know, just how much that can help you when you're, making a couple of putts, making a couple of birdies early and just kind of carry that momentum. So it'll be pretty cool playing in front of, I think it's going to be 32, 35,000 people out there this week. And I mean, those are going to be the biggest crowds we've, we've played in front of uh, since the pandemic happened. So um, it'll be pretty exciting. Oh, it's going to be. And I think certainly here in the UK, we've not had that pleasure of going to golf tournaments for so long I honestly think the crowd this week is going to be unbelievable atmosphere. I really do. I think even though it's not mm. capacity to what we've had, because over here in the UK, we've been so deprived of, of any real sporting occasions, a bar the Euros that's just been on where we were lucky enough to go to uh, to the Wem- Wembley. Some, you know, the capacity was 60,000, I think they let in in the end. But like, yeah. you, I think at the, at the Open this week, golf fans have not had a chance to see it. They've not had a chance to see the best players in the world play golf in front of them. And we love the Open so much. And I think because we missed it last year, I really do think there's going to be a massive buzz around the place this year, which I think a lot of players will really feed off. Mm, yeah, I hope so. It's, uh, it's such a cool event. And, um, you know, just playing Lynx golf is so cool. And, and the crowds are usually so respectful and courteous and knowledgeable over here. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be a cool week. So hopefully we can uh, provide plenty of birdies. Yeah. I hear, I've heard other players say that before and it's quite interesting. You say it, I believe it or not. Oh no, sorry. I've been, I actually went to the masters 2019, the final day. And for me, that was more like a sporting event with, with a few people really interested in the golf, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Where it felt, in the UK, it feels like everyone's there for the golf and all the added extras are just kind of the, the by factors of it, really. So it is quite a different atmosphere and it's it's interesting how the players react to that and buzz off that as well. I've got a question for you, Victor. Who would you say right now with your time on tour, who's the best player you've played with? Is there anyone that's, mm. that's really kind of, you've gone, wow. Or is Yeah, it- it's... It's it, it's so hard to, you know, say because you only get to to play with guys here and there, you know, rounds here and there, and you don't know if that's, you know, if they're playing good that day and, or bad that day. So it's it's a lot of things that can skew that perception. But um, obviously, I I play I play with John Rom a couple times, and I think it. One thing is like you look at. Uh, at other places it's it's not so much the score but how they're playing and you can just tell with a couple guys like he kind of specifically he looked like he was not playing very good like he was not happy with how he's playing 
And then you just look up at the end of the day and he's like, oh, he shot two under. Uh, or he wasn't that bad, but he was, you know, um, not very happy with his game and lift up a bunch, lift out a bunch of putts. And then you add it up. It's not that bad. And then he goes out the next day and, and shoots a good round. And then suddenly he's in contention, you know? So it's, it's like, there, there's a few of those guys where you're just like, you expect them to be in contention, even though they're not playing very good. Um, and I feel like I have, I'm close to that, but I still have some work to do. I need to be become a little bit more consistent and, and work on a couple of things here and there. But uh, there's a handful of guys that are like that, that you're just looking, man, they, that, that looks pretty easy. You know, even, even if they hit a bad shot, it's like they'll hit a good shot the next shot and they end up with a birdie or an easy par. And then, you know, it's, it's <laughs> the game is pretty easy when you can hit bad shots and, and recover pretty easily without, you know, any stress. It just doesn't look very stressful, uh, if that makes any sense. It's almost the players that can fight a good score when they're not playing that well. They can scramble mm. around. They can pull off the odd amazing shot, even when they might not have their A game. And like you said, you, you jot it up at the end of the day and they're under par and you think, how, is, how has that happened? Um, where a lot of other players would, would have had to have their better days to match that same score. So that's a really interesting way of you, you putting it. And have, have, yeah. you, have you played with Tiger yet? I have not. Um, got pretty close at, uh, I can't remember what the other, I, I got pretty close at the, uh, at the U S open when I played as an AM, we were like right next to the leaderboard. Um, uh, I think both Friday or after two days, uh, two days and three days, but the draw went the other way. So oh. I was able to play in front of him on, on, um, on Sunday there. Um, but did not get the chance to play with him. So that's unfortunate, but uh, that's how it is. It is. Hopefully he'll, he'll make a recovery and get back out there and you might, might be able to play with him yeah. one day. Um, so last question, what does the future hold for Victor? What are your goals? What are your ambitions? What are you looking to achieve in the next year? And what are you looking to achieve in your career? Yeah, uh, good questions. Um to be honest with you, I, I'm not a big goal setter um, in terms of that stuff. I have goals, but it's more process goals. It's more, okay, I, I, I need to get better here and I need to get better here. Um, but to be honest with you, I obviously winning golf tournaments and playing well in tournaments is, is a lot of fun. But I, I play golf because of I have a love for the game and I want to see how good I can become. Uh, so for me, it's like, you know, I want to get my club at speed up a little bit. I, uh, I want to get better around the greens. I want to be able to, to get better at flop shots or, you know, my putting, um, my putting stats need to get a little bit better and, you know, just kind of dissecting my game like that and seeing how I can improve. And then at the end of the day, if you get better in those areas, you know, it's, I shouldn't say it's up to luck, but there, you know, there's some, some things that need to go your way for you to win a golf tournament. You know, you, you can, you can be as skilled as anyone else. Um, but when it comes down to it, you need a, you need to make a putt at the right time and you need to close it off. And, and uh, sure you can say some of that is mental, but at the same time, it's, it's variance and, and, and luck to a certain degree. So 
Um, I don't like to put a, a lot of emphasis on, oh, I need to win 20 times in my career or I want to win 10 majors. Like, that's all great. But uh, I, I'm not going to say that I've failed as a golfer if I don't achieve those things. But if I can look at every single year that I've improved or over five years and then just look back and, and say, man, I'm so much better than I was uh, five years ago. I, I think that's just in itself is, uh, is a success. If, even if I haven't won as much as I would have liked. Um, so that's just kind of how I go about it. You, you are, you're controlling the controllables. You're controlling things that you can control. After that, it's out of, your, out of that, after that, it's out of your hands. You can't, you can't, you know, if somebody comes and shoots a 59 in the final round and, and clears up the field, you can't control that. You just want to yeah. be the guy who can shoot that 59 and can shoot those low scores to put you in contention. Um, exactly. You, you just mentioned there how you try to up your club head speed. Just the last, last thing. Obviously, you're quite famous for this kind of, have you got a name for it when hmm. you get to top and like pause and then, and then smash it? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done that in a little while. Um, so I did that when I was kind of struggling with uh, my driver at that point, actually, because I was, uh, I was kind of overcutting uh, things that was coming. My hands were go- going too far out in the downswing and I kind of had to tilt back and, and swipe across it. So for me, that was a way of kind of recentering a little better and I can get my hands a little bit more inside on the way down. And basically I would hit straighter shots. And funny enough, I was actually, uh, my club at speed probably went up by two miles an hour uh, doing that, even though I, I paused on the way back just because my swing was more efficient. Um, but right now I feel like my swing is in a better place where I don't need to do that. Um, and I've already gained some speed since that time. I probably just this year, I've probably gained, I'd say four to five miles an hour club at speed. Wow. Um, so, and that's been, that's been very, very significant for me and hoping to keep building on that, of course, but it's, it's not something I'm going to do overnight. Um, just if, if I can consistently maybe get one or two miles an hour club at speed a year, you know, you, you take four years that adds up to be, you know, a lot of speed and then it gets to a point where it's kind of diminished in return. Um, but I think certainly for, from where I'm at right now, if I can get from, you know, 117 up to 120, um, you know, that would, that would really benefit me. Um, uh, if it, obviously you got to keep the, keep the ball somewhere close to the fairway, but uh, if I can kind of, just do what I'm doing now and just add a little bit of speed. That's, I mean, that's enormous um, advantage. Yeah. I think uh, from the way that you've progressed so far, I think you'll achieve everything that you set out to achieve. Victor. <laughs> you have been awesome. Um, good luck this week. Uh, hopefully you can have an incredible uh, first open championship. Uh, we'll be all rooting for you here at the Rickshaws golf show. And um enjoy your, your heavy metal and your mad youtube channels that you watch <laughs> and and honestly thanks so much for spending time with us you've been a pleasure and uh, again good luck pal yeah thanks rick thanks for having me on and uh maybe i'll see you out there i'll uh, make sure to give you some music to listen to and some some youtube videos your way <laughs> that's awesome thanks buddy <laughs> yeah see you dude that was sick you know what i think i've actually mentioned on the podcast before he's one of my favorite yeah. players 
He's I a like nice guy. I like his persona, his style, the fact that he's talking about listening to heavy metal music, yeah. the fact that he's talking about watching these mad YouTube channels. He's 22, he's very mature, and it's mad with all these, or maybe he might be 23 actually, he might be a year older than Minwoo. All these new talent just seems so switched on. Mm. Like Me at that age... You see, <laughs> I was so irresponsible. Like, I was ridiculous. I was driving around having a set scene. I was head so in Burberry. I probably had my hair dyed. I had a Citroen C2, which I had lowered. I had these like 17-inch alloys on them, which were way too big. I used to have this radio kind of CD player, which used to flip out yeah. and take with you so no one stole it. Yeah. And on that little digital display, I used to have these little fish, these digital fish swimming across. Like, Did you sit in McDonald's car park with like, music on quite 100%. Yeah. I mean, that was me at 22. Yeah. These kids are out there winning millions of pounds and dollars around the world, playing in the biggest golf tournaments in the world. I mean, the only thing I regret not asking Victor is about the Ryder Cup. He's playing in the bloody Ryder Cup in September. I wish I had more time with him, but I didn't. And these kids are unbelievable. So they have no fear as well when well, it comes to winning tournaments. They just, just like like Min Woo last week when holding that putt. Yeah, they just aren't scared. Love it. So we've got lots of friends of the show right now. Let's massive. Praise, shout out to Minwoo this week and to Victor and to everyone else that's been on the show. I am a lucky charm, mm-hmm. so lump your money on those players. Yes. <laughs> I should just say, like anyone that wins there, I'll say, oh yeah, I saw them on the putting green, that's why they won. Well, what you want to what you want to try and do is I'll, get, I'll somehow I'll somehow make sure it's, it's my lucky charm yeah, that helps. In the next win. two years, get every Torpor on the podcast, and then whenever anyone wins, go, oh look, Rick's a lucky charm. You know who else I forgot to mention? In the last episode, we talked about lucky charms. Well, Lee Westwood went on a mega run after I headed for him. Remember at Wentworth? Yeah. Anyway, can't take credit for everyone's win. A little bit. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the sandwich of the podcast today. It was a different today. vibe today, but I think there's a lot to take in for people, and it was a good one. Um, this so night, go on. I was say, this was on a Friday. Yeah. I think we're back to normal on Tuesday. That'll be a proper light rundown of the Open and what happened and we won. all that stuff. Um don't forget, link in the description, enter the draw to win a trip to the 150th Open Championship by donating £1.50. Thanks to MasterCard for sponsoring the podcast. Guy, let's go to the Open. It's now, we're running, not late, but we need to get there. Quick run of the day, breakfast now, then drive 25 minutes to the Open, watch the goal. Sounds Done. good. Good day at work. Thanks cool. for listening, everyone. And we'll see you soon. <laughs> the Open's back. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 